Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's Bashomania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashomania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Andrew Alirez, 2023 NCAA champion. How are you, man? I'm doing pretty good. Just um, unwinding a little bit, and um, I'm able to kind of look back at what happened and um, enjoy it and just be grateful. Has it has it sunk in yet? I always, when I go to, like, NCAAs or Big Tens, I always stay out of the press conference rooms because I feel like yeah. the, the minute after, it's tough. Like, yeah, there's some good, like, quotes every now and then, but for the most part, like, it hasn't sank in yet. Like, now it's kind of sunk in. It's been a few days. Has the feeling really started to kick in? Like, you're an NCAA champ? Yeah, it's, uh, I think now it's finally kind of setting in a little bit. Uh, when, uh, just a couple of days ago in these past, um, since the tournament, um, when I look at that trophy, it's like, damn, this thing is really mine. You know, it's <laughs> like, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of surreal to, to think, you know, I've been watching the NCAA since I was six years old, you know, and to actually think like, damn, I was, I was out there wrestling. Like, that's pretty crazy. But, uh, but it's starting to sink in a little bit now, now that, um, starting to calm down and, um, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's pretty crazy. I'm extremely grateful for it. But uh but yeah, you know, I'm uh I'm not too I, I kinda like to just live my life the same every day. So yeah. these past couple of days have been pretty crazy. So uh yeah. I'm it's excited funny. for it to come down. <laughs> I, I tweeted out that one photo that I think you saw and retweeted, the one of like you standing with your arms out like afterwards. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because that was such a good shot captured by tony rotunda who always does an amazing job but it's like that moment so many kids dream of like that is it like you said you've been watching it since six you're six years old and i think one of the things that's cool about your story specifically is doing it in such a unique way you stayed home you are the face of the program now like you you're such a unique story and i think for you i'm sure there's an aspect of like man, this dream is obtainable, whether it's your teammates, whether it's kids wrestling, like anytime you see something that either you can relate to, or there's a bit more context for you, does it feel that way with you? Like you've kind of set this stage of, man, this is more obtainable than you think. Oh yeah. You know, that's, uh, that's kind of been my goal since I've stepped foot on campus. And that's been my goal since I started high school to kind of be able to show kids around here and, my family and other people looking at Northern Colorado that, Hey, it, it could be done here and it will be done here. You know, uh, I believe 
our program has been trending in that right direction for some time now. And uh, we finally got to show some of the results. And, and I know a lot of guys on our team, you know, it kind of even gave them a sense of like, Hey, we can do this, you know, cause before we hadn't had a champ for so long and to be able to go out and see it. Now, some of our guys are like, Hey, you know, if he could do it, I could do it. And that's kind of what I wanted to inspire and my team and the people behind me and, high schoolers, middle schoolers, my, my kids program, you know, I constantly tell them all the time, uh, like, Hey, it can be done. It, it's really what you make it. You put in the time, the sacrifices and, the your everyday life, you dedicate it to, to the sport, you know, you're going to get some sort of success out of it, no matter what, you just got to be willing to go through those, those ups and downs and the adversity. And, um, if you do, you're, you'll come out a champion in one way or another. Yeah, I like the, the way you put it to a champion one way or another because it, it's just simply not God's plan for every single person to be an NCAA champion. You know, there's 330 wrestlers that enter the tournament. Only 10 become a champion. And if you're only looking at it from a standpoint of win, loss, success, failure based on Saturday night, you definitely rob yourself because there's so many people that have success outside of the mat that I think that's a huge takeaway looking back on this weekend specifically, you had some very impressive wins. What were your biggest takeaways from your matches? Kind of looking back on the bracket this year for you. So, um, one thing I'm really proud of myself, I think in, in three of my matches specifically, I really, um, I showed my character and that's really what I, what I wanted to, be able to show to the fans and to everybody watching, you know, because I have, I've gave my life to this, this past year. I've, uh, I've done every single thing. Perfect. You know, I've lived perfect in every aspect of my life. I've sacrificed basically everything that I could sacrifice. And, um, and I built that character up. So when, when the pressure came and it was time to rely on something, I was able to rely on that strong character and it, it willed me through tough times, you know, and my, uh, I had, um, what was it? I was, they said I was choking him in the round of 16 and I had two takedowns. He, he got that choke point for a second there, or I might've only had one, but for a second there, I was losing. And, uh, and that could have went two ways that could have sent my mind like, okay, I'm losing. Let's just be smart. Let's try to hang out and maybe get him late, you know, but no, yeah. I went out and got him right away. I, I showed my character. I kept it pushing and, I, I came away with the win. And then in my quarterfinal, you know, uh, third period, I'm up two and he's chasing me hard. He's coming after me really, really hard, hard hand fight. And uh, I had to endure that for two minutes straight. And, and again, I'm just showing that off. And then of course, in the finals, being able to rise to the occasion and hit a throw that I don't usually do. And uh, <laughs> you know, I get, get a national title out of it you know it just shows that I was really in there willing to claw and scratch and do whatever I got to do to come out on top yeah that finals match was so interesting because I think it was 0-0 after the first you know you were down mm -hmm. 2-0 late in the second what was going through your head there at that point like you said you hit something eventually that you don't normally hit but what was the process like being down early being down you know, I'd say a good, at least the first half the match. Yeah. So um, going into that second period, I know top is his best position and I don't think it'd 
be a reach to say he's probably one of the top three best guys in college on top. So uh, I, I knew his skill set, uh, but I had been working there too, so I was ready for it. Uh, I choose down, and I get to my feet a couple times, get close, and he brings me back down. And then, uh, and then I ended up getting flattened out for a second. Um, he's doing a real good job keeping uh, a lot of top pressure. So in my head, I'm just like, okay, worst case scenario, I give up a stall point, I get ridden out. It's one zero going into the third. I'm going to need a, a takedown or maybe two of them. So I was yeah. ready for that moment regardless. And then um, I back pressure into that ankle ride. And um, instead of using that pressure to come up to my feet, I like post my hand out and he, he gathers it and tight waist chops me to my back. And then uh, I give up two quick swipes. And even there, down 2-0, it'd be 2-1 after. I was like, I'm fine. I could go get a takedown, and I'll be winning. So I wasn't panicking or nothing, but started chasing that body lock. And then uh, I go inside trip, and he doesn't fall. So then my, my kind of last thing I got is that little, like, overseas leg wrap throw. And, um, and I went full send. And I think um, it just showed, you know, that, again, I was willing to do whatever it took. You know, it showed that in the highest moment I was I was loose. I was able to wrestle free because of those sacrifices that I made all year and the training and everything. So I had nothing to lose. And uh, when it was time to go get it, I went out and I got it. What was going through your head during that challenge? That seemed like one of the longest challenges ever. It seemed like at one point you and real were just like, Can we just wrestle or something. Yeah, along those lines. What was going yeah, through your head said then? Something, uh, he had told me that. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm ready to go right now. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it was. That was a really long time to to have a break like that. But, uh, but you know, you got to keep keep your head in the right spot and just stay focused. Uh, I didn't even realize at the time. I knew it was a long time, but I yeah. didn't know it was almost 10 minutes. So uh, in the whole, the longer it went, the more I was like, okay, they're about to give me my back points, all four of them. And. And I, I, in my head, I was like, damn, I don't know. I'm wrestling Iowa. We're a small school. I don't know if they're going to give me all these points. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, they gave it to me very, um, yeah, it was, it was great. What, once they gave me that, I kind of knew. I was like, all right, now just, just got to be smart, nothing stupid, and, uh, and I'll be a national champion. Yeah, and you actually lost to Real last year at the Scuffle mm-hmm. 5-4. Did you focus on that match at all, preparing for the finals? Um, Not a crazy amount. I, I focused on what he was doing on top. Yeah, But uh, from neutral, I know going to a different school, he's probably going to come with something else. And and he has improved a lot since that, since that yeah. match. So, um, well, you both so, have, I'd say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so it was, I, I knew that though. So I, I didn't put too much stock into how I took him down last time and how I got to his legs last time. Cause I, I knew he was going to be coming with something a little different. So, um, but I, I was focusing on the, on the top portion because I knew that was the match. You know, if I get out and, 10 seconds right away, you know, my chances of winning skyrocket. And then if he rides me out and turns me, his chances of winning skyrocket. So I knew that's where the match would, would be won and lost was that me going on bottom 
And uh, so, yeah, I focused on it a little bit, but not too crazy. One of the things that's interesting <clears throat> about your career to me is that normally you'll see somebody that's out of weight for a couple of years and they go up for a couple of years. You were at 149 for two years, now 141 for two years. What was that process like in staying healthy through it? I've heard you the number of times you've said discipline, sacrifice, but it also doesn't seem like when you do things, when you sacrifice, when you discipline yourself, a lot of times it's from a healthy place. It's not a drastic, you know, quick weight cut. It's not an unhealthy thing. Sacrifice and discipline usually mean doing it the right way. What has that process been like for you coming down to 141 and staying healthy to the point to where you can win a national championship? Yeah, you know, that was um, one of the, the major pieces of <clears throat> of my, you know, stepping up a level is uh, so at 49, my first year, I was uh, I was pretty small. Like I probably could have made 33s if I really wanted to. Like I was walking <laughs> around at like 150. Like I would come out of practice on weight every day. And uh, and I wasn't like lean, lean. I was right. kind of had a little a little something, something on me. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So that year, um, I was a freshman, you know, in high school, yeah. I was dominating, not cutting weight at all. And, uh, I figured I was like, I'll just do the same thing. And, uh, yeah, I got, got a rude awakening. Those, those boys up there are pretty big when, if you ain't, um, at, at your right weight class. Yeah. So then the next following year, I, I spent the time getting bigger, and, uh, and I did, I, I got up to where I was walking around at like 170, pretty big, bulky. And, um, yeah. And then that year got cut short cause of injury, just like my first year really. But then my first year down to 41, I was, um, uh, I was too undisciplined with my diet. You know, I was walking around about 55 a lot and I'd, get it down to 51 and then I'd, I'd cut about 10 anywhere from nine to 11 pounds before every single competition. And, you know, after a while that really starts to starts to wear on you. Yeah. And, and it's, it's not good for like your cardio for everything because, you know, mm -hmm. on day one of tournaments, I'll weigh in, I'll get big. And then I just got to bring it. My body's like ballooning up and I got to bring it back down for the next day. So, I knew that was an area in my life that needed to change because it was affecting my cardio. It felt like I could never get in shape because I'm cutting an arm and a leg every single right. competition. And, um, you know, I felt like I was getting tired in the first period. So I knew that had to change over the, the course of this summer, this past summer. I, um, I started my diet and everything in like August. So, I brought my body weight down to about 149, 148, where I'm just living there. And I had to maintain that all year, you know, and that consisted of eating the same breakfast every morning. Um, I kind of did like a intermittent fasting type thing where I, and then I wouldn't eat till dinner and I'd have kind of the same dinner almost every single day. So I did that for the course of six to eight months every day and um and then even after duels you know i'm not going crazy and whatever i want i had a specific thing that i ate every single time so you know just staying true to that because i knew at any moment i could just break and balloon up and it's gonna ruin my right. whole so i had to stay extremely disciplined with the weight with the diet and uh just so i can make my life a little bit easier 
Do you think, you know, you finished round of 12 at the national tournament last year, fell short of being an All-American. This year, you're not only All-American, you win the whole damn thing. Is that the biggest difference, you think, between last year and this year, is a lot of proper weight management? Um, It's a couple things. Proper weight management, um, living the right lifestyle, you know, doing the right things day in and day out, rather, like, just everything off the map. Uh, living, living the right lifestyle, sacrificing what I need to sacrifice, um, training harder. You know, I figured it out at the end of la at the end of last year, but it was too late. Um, you know, my definition of training hard wasn't wasn't hard enough. It wasn't that of a national champion, and that's crazy to say because college wrestling is tough in general. Just yeah. doing what you're told is really tough. So uh, I really had to kind of look back at myself and and be real with myself and say, hey, if you want to be a national champ, this is what you got to do. So I had to put in the extra time. I had to train harder during practice, make the most out of every single day, every single workout, never cheat a rep, never nothing. So, um, yeah, just the accumulation of, of all those things really made a difference to me. And then, you know, coming into college, my goal wasn't to be an all American. I never had a goal to be an all American. I said, I want to, I want to win the whole thing. That's, that's been my goal. And, uh, and I'm kind of glad that year I finished round of 12. I did an all American because it even lit more of a fire. Cause I was like, Hey, I'm way too damn good to be not placing at any tournament I wrestle at. So, you know, it, it really just fed, fed the fire. Yep. And it's funny because you mentioned sacrifice a lot, and I'm a big fan of the mantra of sacrificing today for tomorrow's betterment, you know, just continuing to make that sacrifice over and over for you. It's always interesting. You know, anytime I've had success, I look back at the sacrifices and they, they looking back, it seems so easy. So obvious. It was all worth it. You do it 10 times over for you. You know, you've mentioned how much you've had to sacrifice now that you've hit that goal. You know, if there is a kid out there listening who maybe they're sacrificing every day, but they're not seeing the results yet. What is it like? What would you say to that person who's maybe halfway through their journey, you know, where they're still making that sacrifice, but they haven't hit that. It's so easy once you become a national champion to look back and say all those sacrifices paid off. What's yeah. it like, though, in the moment and now looking back on it? Um. So with that, you know you got to be able to hit that rock bottom to eventually rise to the top. Uh, I truly believe that. And, um, and I also truly believe the person that sticks with sticks with it and has the persistence to continue to go and continue to make those sacrifices, regardless, you're going to find success. It might not be the exact success you were looking for, but you're going to get something. Uh, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. I've seen that play out through the course of, many people's career so uh, I would just tell them you got to stay the course you know you're going to be hit if it was a, a linear path to the top you know everybody right. would do it so yeah. it's not you're going to go up you're going to go down you're going to go up you're going to hit another obstacle but you got to continue to keep it pushing the minute the minute you fold and wilt to that adversity is going to be the death of your career you know you got to if you just continue and stay the course you're going to be able to to get something out of it. Yeah, for sure. 
and, and you got so much out of it. And, you know, you, you're Northern Colorado's first D1 national champ. They've had nine D2 champions. You're their first national champion since becoming a D1 school. Your legacy is established. It's forever intertwined with UNC, especially staying home and being a Colorado native. How much does that mean to you to establish that? It means the world to me, you know, because um, I grew up watching this program. I started training here uh, eighth grade. So um, um, my cousins back in the day wrestled for UNC when they were first coming D1, you know. So I've been around the program and I've seen it. And I've always been like, damn, how cool would it be to have a program right here in Greeley that you could go win a national title at? So I, I've kind of always had that in the back of my head. And like I said, I feel like I've, I've been ordained by God for it to, to bring success here and, and been chosen for success. And I think that's really showed because, you know, you can't write it any better. I'm a born and raised here in Greeley, Colorado. My family is very tight in the community. Everybody kind of knows our family for the wrestling, the boxing, the MMA and stuff. And um, I'm the first guy to, to bring that national title to, to Greeley, Colorado for UNC. And um, I think now you're going to start seeing the, the, the way we've been building, because I mean, look, we had two freshmen in the blood round this year and, you know, I keep telling them like, Hey, that's exactly where I was at. And if you just make the adjustments and you put in the time, who knows, you maybe you're a national champ next year. You know, it's just, um, I've always wanted to be able to, to be the one to start it, to get it rolling for the community, for my family, for um, for everybody here, basically, and everybody who maybe you live in a different part of the country and you're looking at UNC now. So that's uh, I just I I wanted to be the the cornerstone of this program, and you know I've put in the time and done everything I can to to make sure I do my. And it seems like a very high risk reward thing when you make that decision to stay home. You know, there's the reward that's obviously now paid off. You're an NCAA champion. You've brought that there and you've kind of set the standard. But there's also that risk of if it doesn't happen or, you know, falling short. And again, there's a lot of success, even falling short of being a national champion, no doubt. But what went into that decision to stay home? You know, you're so highly recruited out of high school. And I'm sure a lot of people struggled with that decision. You know, stay local, go across the country, go to a Big Ten school, whatever the case may be. For you, what went into that decision staying home? Yeah, it's um, really just the relationships I started building with the coaching staff and everybody around the program. Um, yeah, Troy used to get me ready for Fargo and Cadet Nationals, and then it went to Junior Nationals, Junior Open, U.S. Open. So we, we just – had continued to grow that relationship. And uh, the the main point when I committed to UNC was because I was at Super 32. I was a really, ha- a really high seed. You know, I'm predicted to be in the finals and do all these great things. I had all these college coaches, Matt side, watching me. And uh, I got packed up and pinned in the second round of the tournament. And then I, I saw all the coaches leave the mat. You know, they don't want to be on <laughs> looking watching backside matches but uh but I saw Troy there you know and I've always been a huge guy about loyalty you know loyalty is everything to me you know it's um shows like kind of how much of a man you are you stick by 
the people who stick by you. And, um, and once I saw that, I said, Hey, this is a guy that's, that's going to stick with me through thick and thin, you know, and, and my career has been just that, you know, I've been through a lot of adversity. I've overcome a lot of things where a lot of people probably started to count me out, um, after my injuries and what happened last year and just, just everything that's happened through the course of my career, you know, but, um, the coaching staff here has never stopped believing in me and they continue to put the work in and I finally got to, to pay it back with the, with the national title. And I mean, we were talking about it before we started recording, you know, I grew up in Rochester, New York. I went to Spencer Port. I was a section five kid. Troy Nickerson mm-hmm. was wrestling at the same time as I was. And he was obviously much better than I was. That's an understatement. <laughs> he was the first ever five-time New York state champion. What has it been like competing for him? You know, you, you were just talking about the loyalty and how he's always been there for you. And that dynamic is so crucial to really trust your coaches. And Yanni was just on yesterday talking about that, his relationship with his coaches. For you, what has that been like to be able to trust your coaches and have that relationship, like you said, through thick and thin? Yeah, it's um, I'm forever grateful for it. I wouldn't want it any other way because, you know, I'm the coaching staff here, you know, feels like family to me. You know, it's not um, as much as D1 wrestling is a business. It doesn't feel like that. It feels like, you know, I got a, a strong personal connection with with all my coaches, uh, especially Coach Troy. You know, they believed in me since day one and uh, that belief has never wavered. You know, we, we talk on a consistent basis just about everything, you know, wrestling, off the mat, what I could do here, what I could do there. Um, and they've, they've never steered me wrong, you know. Uh, from, from the jump, they've always told me everything that they've said has come true. So yeah. it was just on me to actually listen and, and buy into it. You know, my first couple of years, I had so much success in high school and I was just like, hey, I know how to do this. You know, everybody thinks their way is better. Right. And, um, you know, I tried to do it my way and obviously my way was not even <laughs> close to the right way. So it, it took me a while. And I, I constantly preached to the younger guys and high school guys, like, don't think that you know how to do it because you don't, you know, listen, listen to your coaches, trust your coaches. They're going to steer you right. And, um, yeah, I used an analogy. Don't be the guy that has to touch the stove to know it's hot. Yeah, let somebody else has done it. Listen, you know, don't don't be that guy. And, you know, I, I just hope to um, be able to be someone to kind of inspire the younger guys and, and put them on the right path. You know, some something that oh, I almost don't wish that I did because my career has played out the way it's played out and I'm yeah. forever grateful for it. And, you know, I, I had to go through that to to reach the pinnacle now as a national champion. But, uh, but you know, I don't want others to make that same mistake. Yeah. And speaking of between New Yorkers and younger guys, you know, Steve O'Poolin, another New Yorker, had a, had a tough draw, tough tournament. You know, he took losses to Brandon Courtney and Eddie Ventresca, mm-hmm. but Big 12 champion, young kid, you know, only a redshirt freshman this year. How hopeful and excited are you for the rest of his career? Oh, man. He's uh, the sky's the limit for that kid. He's uh, tremendously talented. You know, he's he's in the right position and, and he's starting to figure it out. You know, I, I talk to him on a, a good basis all the time. I've talked to him before season about what he needs to do. And, 
And um, and now he's getting it. He's finally, uh, I think he's understanding what it's going to take to be a national champion. That kid has won at every single level. Yeah. And um, yeah, I truly believe he, he's he's going to be a national champion. You know, he's, he's really good. If, if he buys in and does everything right, good things are going to happen for him. And, you know, we got a, a couple guys on the team that I could say that exact same thing for. And uh, it's just going to be on them to go out and do it not talk about it but actually be about it you know so i'm really excited where the program is headed because we got a lot of lot of great guys that have tremendous potential and i just um it kind of feels like now that i've shown them that they could do it um i believe they're going to go out and do it they're going to be able to have something to look at and and see that it could be done you know and that's if I did anything in my career, I, I hope to be able to be that guy. Yeah. And you do have one year of eligibility left. You know yet if you're going to come back for one more year? Um, I plan on taking my Olympic red shirt next year. Yeah. So uh, I'll focus on my freestyle stuff. And then, yeah, I'll have that that one one more year after. So it won't be next year, but the following year. And plans could change. But yeah. as of right now, that's that's where my mind's at. You know, one thing that I've loved that you've kept saying is you felt ordained by God to be where you are, to do what you're doing. How much has your faith impacted your career in this journey? I know what it's like firsthand to believe that you're destined to do something or have that faith that God's going to do something. And even if everybody else stops believing, even if there's highs and lows where people hop on a bandwagon, hop off, you have that mm -hmm. steady belief. What has your faith done for you in this journey to become an NCAA champion? You know, I've just, um, I've just felt it, you know, since, a since I was a young kid, you know, I've always felt like I was, I was destined for something. And, um, and throughout the course of this year, especially, you know, I just started to really believe it. And then I saw all the opportunities that started to happen for me. Like, you know, God just put, he put me on that journey, my junior summer going into this year to, to really have it click you know so it just felt really special to me early on in the season real woods gets hurt i get a chance to wrestle the number one guy in the country and take over that spot boom there's another like stars are aligning uh yeah. everything kind of started to happen perfect for me i go along the whole year winning with relative ease you know like i know it's not just me so it, it feels like you know it's got to be a higher power you know god or ordained me for this for for success to be the one to to bring this program put it on the map and get the ball rolling you know a guy from Greeley, colorado you know you can't ride it any better than that and then especially what happened in the finals me hitting a six-point throw that you know i probably haven't done since my senior year in high school right. i haven't thrown anybody in college and uh just for the biggest days the biggest moment to win like that, you know, it just, it feels almost too perfect. Like, uh, um, I know I, it wasn't just me. So, you know, I just got to, I'm very grateful. I've remained grateful and, you know, you got to be grateful because I've been blessed with success. Not every, like you said, there's 300 and however many people that wrestle in the national tournament, only 10 of them get to be national champions. And then, however many people don't make it to college like there's just so many things that could have went wrong but all year I just felt it that 
it's going to happen for me. And I had this just utmost confidence that, that it's going to happen and that confidence never wavered. Um, and yeah, so I just, I remain grateful and now it's on to the next thing, you know, you get success like this. A lot of times it's a test. How are, how are you going to, how are you going to react to this? God may give you something great, like a, like a national title or whatever, like fighters winning millions and millions of dollars. You know, it's a lot of times it's a test. What are you going to do now? You're going to stay yeah. on the right side or you're going to go start jacking around. Yeah. So, um, you know, just staying, staying grounded and um, just continuing to believe and try to try to make the right choices every day. When you do have those big wins and you do see things align and you start to feel it. And I, and I, I know what you're describing, not in a wrestling sense for me, but more business sense. But when you have those things like real has to drop out of the all-star classic, you pop in pretty last minute and you take out Cole Matthews. Is there that expectation? Like I knew I was capable of that, but again, stay grounded because it's still a long season. Yeah. You know, it's, um, the way I looked at it is nothing else mattered, but completing the objective. And I wanted to annihilate anything that was in my path. So I just took it step by step. I wasn't even really thinking about the national tournament too much. I was thinking about what's in front of me. Yeah. So whoever they put in front of me, that's who I got to go, go beat. And I don't want to just beat them. I want to dominate. Them. So I just continued to put in the work, trying to separate myself more than anything and just staying on my toes you know, not relaxing. Um, a lot of times right off the plane, we'd get back to Greeley and I'd jump on the bike and start doing a workout because I, I knew you you sleep on a win and you'll wake up with a loss. So I, I just continued the course. I stayed the course, never wavered. And uh, I, I had to stay focused on what's in front of me. The minute you start looking ahead and you start looking at this guy, that guy, this guy, that's when the next match might be the one that you lose. So, uh, you know, you got to just be, again, that's staying disciplined too, you know, not getting ahead of yourself, not getting, you want to be confident, but you, you got to be smart. You know, you can't, you got to be the lion and the fox. You got to be able to outwit the sli the slicksters and be able to out tough the tough guys. You know, you got to be both beasts. And, uh, and that's kind of what I did all year. Yeah, I'd say so. And last night it kind of paid off. Hodge finalists came out. You are a 2023 Hodge Trophy finalist. How cool is it? I'm sure you expected to be named that after going undefeated and winning the season, but to see your name among the Hodge Trophy finalists, how cool is that? And do you think everybody listening right now should go and vote for you? Uh, yeah, you know, that's awesome. <laughs> that's um, It's a tremendous honor. It's something I... I I did kind of set out to put myself in a position for obviously winning the, the Hodge trophy is not all in your hands because you know, other guys are really good too. Yeah. But, um, but I do believe I, I put myself in a position to have a, a strong, strong case. You know, I, I went, I think it was 140 takedowns to one this year. You Crazy. know, I, I, I've given up a total of four offensive points all season. And one of them, two of them came in the finals of the national tournament and I'm obviously a match that I won. So um, I think I have the, I have the highest bonus rate in the country. I have the highest dominance score in the country. Um, yeah. And I went out every single time I went and competed. I wrestled at the scuffle when a lot of people this year didn't wrestle at major tournaments during the course of the season. So I told the line every time and 
that's something that I've done throughout my career. And really all year, I, I didn't have a close match. You know, I went out and went out and got it almost. I think I'd probably average four or five takedowns every single match. And then at the national tournament, I, I beat second, third, fourth, and fifth. So, um, you know, I, I've kind of checked every box and, and a, a lot of guys had great seasons too, but, um, yeah, if you're voting, men, men lie, women lie, but numbers don't lie. <laughs> yeah, I can agree with that. Um, all right. So NCAA season has wrapped up. Your plans are Olympic red shirt next year. Freestyle season is here. 36 days of the U S open. Have you decided what you're going to do? I know it's a long kind of, you know, 13, 14 months until the Olympics next year, world championships later this year, U S open first step for that. Have you made a decision on that yet? Uh, no, I have not. I'm, um, right now I'm just kind of getting grounded again and, and, um, starting to let my body heal up and start to, to get back. You know, it's been a long season. It's been a, yeah. a long time to sacrifice and, and, um, and staying disciplined. So I've kind of been enjoying the fruits of my labor these past couple of days. And, um, and yeah, I, d I don't know what's next yet. You know, the U S opens pretty close, but, uh, but, but we'll see. So um, I know what my, my next step is and that's my next main goal is to make an Olympic team and win an Olympic title. You know, that's uh, what I've set out to do. That's one of the goals I've had since I was a, uh, since I started wrestling as a, as a little, little kid, you know, that's what everybody says. And I, I know I have the talent and capability to do it. So I'm going to have to sit back and kind of analyze with my team, what, what the, what the next step is and what's going to put me on that path to success. You know, it has been a, I haven't got to wrestle my favorite style in two years because of injury. And then last year I focused on, focus on just wrestling folk style because that's what I was doing at the time. So, right. so I have to sit back and kind of analyze everything and, uh, and then we'll figure it out. I'm, I'm glad timing always works out and I never try to force an episode, but I wanted to actually have you on the podcast back in 2020 after you ran through the senior nationals, then it yeah. just, that was such an exciting tournament for you. I'm glad we got to do this now. Last thing before I let you go, MMA. You're repped by first round management. Yep. One of the, one of the biggest names in the in the representation <laughs> game. They don't they don't mess around. If they're behind you, there's probably a good reason they're behind you. And we're seeing a lot of success right now with wrestlers going into MMA. What's mm -hmm. your what's your plans as of now with MMA? Oh yeah, hundred percent. That's what I'm gonna do. You know. I've uh, my family owns a MMA gym. We've had multiple fighters. We have one of our fighters is ranked number six in the world in Bellator. So um, I've been around that since I was like eight years old. My grandpa's, I think his amateur record is like 150 and five. You know, he was um, a great boxer, and you know I've been doing that for some time now, just kind of leisure wise, but. Uh, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I believe a hundred percent that I'm probably set up the best out of any of the wrestlers right now, because I I've got a head start. I've been doing this for a while. You know, I know what I'm doing with my hands and my kicks and everything. Obviously I'm going to have a, 
a lot of stuff I got to work on, like with the jujitsu and everything. But, um, but yeah, a hundred percent, I'll be going into, to the MMA right after probably I'll, I'll get on the senior circuit for a little bit for a couple of years and see how that's going. And then, uh, and then, yeah, transition right into, to the MMA and, um, yeah, hopefully take the Gaethje Henry Cejudo route. It's pretty cool that like with, with the age that it works out, like you can take a couple of years in wrestling, do the senior circuit for a few years and then go into mm-hmm. MMA. It, it's cool that there's kind of like MMA is a little bit later in that yeah. age range of where you can have a lot of success. Um, okay. Last, last question. Are we going to get Andrew Alira's champion shirts anytime soon? <laughs> you got first round management shirt on. I yeah. thought we were going to maybe see an Alira's champion shirt. Yeah, I'm gonna have to have to get on that. You know, uh, I think that that'd be a really good idea. We've we've been in the talks for it, but I bet if I got some, a lot of people want it. So, oh yeah, uh, that's a good idea. I'll probably get on that. <laughs> my, my my advice is get it out there right now while it's hot, and just yeah, for real. get that get that brand out there. And then you know when you have major MMA success. You know who's been the day one fans exactly, <laughs> when, they're, yeah, when they're rocking the Alaris champion shirts. <laughs> you know, they've been here for a while. Hell so. Yeah, they've been for the ride. Yeah. Andrew Alaris, congratulations on your national championship. Thank you for making some time for the podcast today. Any final words before I let you go? Uh, this is uh, just the beginning of my reign. Keep um, keep watching. This is uh, just the start. I love it, man. I cannot wait. I'm sure you'll be back on here throughout that journey. So have a great day, man. We'll chat soon. Hell yeah, have a good one. And the beat goes on.